It's a new episode of We Were Gamers, a podcast about three gentlemen, often with guests, though sometimes not. <laughs> Hello, JJ. Hello. Hello, Michael. Hey, how's it going? Good. We like to talk about games because it makes us feel young. And that's why we do this. <laughs> or, in some cases, reminds us how old we are. Yes, unfortunately, that last did, one is happening did, a lot these days. Did anybody else see the uh, happy 16th birthday to Halo 2 this morning? Because I sure did. Yeah. That's a oof, my man. Big <laughs> oof right there. Yeah, you know, we're now further from... Man, I'm just thinking about like our parents when they bought us our first systems, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yep. I am now of roughly that age because I had kids a little later than my parents, and so thinking back to like what they must have thought, right, when they handed over that box at this age. Thanks, Michael. Least I can do. <laughs> oh, did everybody have a good week playing games? I hope so. It was a good time for distractions, if at all possible. Tell me, mm -hmm. uh, tell me, tell me what we've been playing. I know FF twelve's on the docket. I think both of you have touched some new games, and I think this is the time of year, time of day, time of hour where let's start with some games this time. Sometimes we go different directions at the beginning, you know, homeowners minute, etc. Oh. JJ, what? I have a homeowner's what? question at the end. No. Mm. Let's just do it now. Because then it'll lead into uh, the hell that I am living in. I mean, I don't want you to live in a hell. That seems bad. What do I do with this Coyote P? Oh, dude, you spray, <laughs> spray it around, man. <laughs> it, okay. All right, all, right, all right. Some context is needed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to uh, uh, this Hello, this is We Were Gamers, a podcast about urination. <laughs> uh, so, uh, a, your uh, wife was mentioning to my wife at some point recently. Kibitzing, I think, when, is the right word there. Yes, yes. Uh, possibly on that time when we all recently saw each other a few weeks ago, uh, at socially distanced, and they were talking about how your house as garden is getting torn up by was it birds or local cats or what so we discovered that we were being rampaged over the course of the summer uh our produce was being eaten up and so as things kind of wound down and we pulled out plants we also discovered we were being rampaged by uh we, we believe now to be raccoons because other neighbors have seen raccoons in their yard uh they were digging in the flower beds or the planter boxes where the things had been. Now, uh, one thing, free homeowner's advice for people planting, especially tomatoes, when you rip out your tomato plants, till down about four inches. Mm -hmm. We turned up about 50, maybe 60 of those hornworm, hornworm grubs that had just hatched from their eggs when we tilled and we discovered that the raccoons had been tilling our yard for us 
to eat the hornworm grubs. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. So um, they weren't really after the tomatoes. They oh, no, just... no, 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 no. Well, they ate the tomatoes and the squash and everything else while they had free access to it. And then when the plants were gone, I guess they have good enough noses to know that those hornworms were still under the dirt and they ate those instead. I see. So they were just looking for whatever. Yeah. Well, because they already knew the smorgasbord was there and then they were like, wait, 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 wait. What's gone? Okay. Is it? So, so here's where this comes in. So till your uh, plants. Yeah. Hey, you know, turn the dirt over. It's why you do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife's father worked for a landscaping company for many years. He was a um, like financial type businessman running the company, but you don't run a landscaping company for many years without learning some stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things he learned is that. Yeah, he uh, worked for a lot of clients. His company worked for a lot of clients that had homes in canyons and areas, you know, way out where there were lots of problems with uh, not just things like coyotes, but, you know, like wolves and cats and other kinds of things. Um, Those animals are all very territorial. And because of that, you, the smart human, can take advantage of this. (laughs) <laughs> and mark your home like a coyote would because you can buy literal coyote urine from Amazon. Uh-huh. They ship it to you in a squeeze bottle. Yep. And, and you can go around and mark kind of the edges of your property uh-huh. and they won't they won't come by. They will smell it and then they will stop coming in. Now, do I just sort of spray it randomly or do I have to do the like Kalima set myself up for a demon thing and spray in a circle around my entire property. You know, like the salt, don't... like dropping the salt. Sure. I mean, do you want to draw a literal line of salt, you know, around the pentagram or whatever? Yeah. Uh-huh. Or um I am not the person to ask this question to, <laughs> but I I would I would guess there's enough volume in that thing for you to just like you know, and you probably want to do it up where they walk, so like maybe along the top of the fence as opposed to the ground level. Okay, I guess but they don't. I, they also are not smart enough to process the physics of how a coyote would have got up there. That's not, yeah. Uh, but I mean, also, I don't know. I'm not the. You ask my wife is the answer to this question. I see. I see. Uh, but I suspect you can probably just, yeah, you know, go around the backyard to the places you don't want them going to, uh, and spray it a bit, and then they will eventually just go like, oh yeah, okay. Like, I shouldn't be here. This is bad. I'm going to get eaten. <laughs> and then they don't come by. Okay. Well, that was your coyote minute. I was I was joking a little bit about being in hell, but I do want to hear about Hades. Yeah. Uh, we said we would talk about video games. I've been playing a video game. Uh, I won't call a uh, claim that it's new. It's been out for quite a while. Um, well, but it, it, it's new out of early access. Yeah, it came out not that long ago from Early Access. Yeah. Um, Hades is another uh, roguelite type game. Uh, a lot of run base stuff. But there is permanent progression between runs. So, you know, you can actually kind of, you know, in- juice your stats and stuff in between runs. And uh, the thing I think that this game does amazingly, uh, you are the son of Hades. Uh in the underworld there. Uh, and because you're the son of a great God, you have to uh, escape your father and 
go on a quest to uh, kill all the other gods or, you know, your father or whoever else, right? That's how Greek gods work, basically. That, that checks out. Does it? Okay. Mm. Meanwhile, so all the other mortal, gods are... immortal? Like, what is I mean, the son's name? So we can not uh, say he. Uh, Zag- Zagreus? Zagreus. And is Zagreus... Uh, is he the a... son of Hades and... Uh, I, you know what? I won't say because they, they don't. It's a story. No point, spoiler. But, yes. but is he a Hercules type or is he a? a I mean, he a is god. a. He is a god, but not. You die a lot in this game, so I can't say that you're immortal. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, but you know, you in Greek, uh, uh, in the Greek mythos or whatever, right? You die and then you, you know, wake up in Hades's realm. So it's not like you're. Dead, dead. You're never dead in in Greek mythology. You're just right. waiting. But you know, but you are the son of a god, and so therefore somewhat godly. Yeah, um, like so that's my question. If he's more of a Hercules type, I I would not say that he is like. I wouldn't compare him to Hercules specifically. Okay. Um. Moving, but on. yeah. Yeah, uh, and then you talk with all the other various uh, Greek mythological figures that are hanging out down in Hades, like Achilles is down there, uh, Thanatos, Nyx. Um, so after every Greek story has happened is when this is happening? Uh, but also during when they're happening. Okay. Because like Orpheus and Eurydice are around, and yeah. you know, like, uh, Cerberus is there, and you can pet the dog. Um, oh, is Cerberus a good boy? He's good. Awesome. He's good. I like it. He's a good dog. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it is a run-based game. Uh, and, you know, you, you have different weapons uh, that you can pick uh, at the start of your run. And each weapon has, like, completely different movesets. And I think the thing that is awesome about this game is how different each of the weapons are. And yet, each weapon is still completely good like i i feel like i could win with any of them if only i didn't suck so bad okay greek mythology right but i yeah heard, okay but i heard there's there, a gun in this game there is a gun in this game <laughs> explain uh, all the weapons are like uh you know supposed legendary uh arms from the you know uh the time of the war with the titans or something okay and, so somebody invented uh, a gun to take down a titan uh, it's a god's weapon. See, the gods invented it, um, and they even have a long. They have a. I mean, it's it. It looks like an assault rifle, kind of. It oh, shoots no. like that, but uh, and it reloads. Uh, but the <laughs> oh, no. the there's a line when you pick it up where he's like, you know, oh, of all the 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 infernal arms is what they call them. Of all the various infernal arms, you know, people have used them throughout wars or whatever. We're really glad the humans haven't gotten a hold of this one yet. This would cause some real trouble. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um, Pointing. Yeah, so, uh, so it's... Critique. Um, th- that is one of the last weapons that you unlock. You kind of have to unlock the weapons as you go along. You start off with a sword, then you unlock a spear. Uh, there's a shield, a bow, uh, fists, uh, the fists, and the gun. Yeah, I think that's it. The and there's shield. like a okay, billion explain. upgrades all over the place, man. Like everything has upgrades. Like the shield is a weapon. Yeah. So the shield, you can Captain America style it, right? Of course. 
I see. Bounce it, bounce it off enemies. Uh, you can also hold it to block, and then it charges, uh, and you do a bull rush kind of dash forward that does damage with it. Otherwise, you know, you just swing it, um, you know, around like in an arc near you and Whip damage people it. that way. And, but you know, it it can block, which none of the other weapons can do. Are the blocks effective? The blocks block damage if you're facing the right way. Well, it's kind of. I mean, I'm thinking of other run based games. I think Michael, you probably. You well, play like dead, dead cells, cells. Yeah. yeah. The block you, in dead you, cells, the block in slay the slire, spire. They're all kind of. I keep well, myself so, alive, but I don't. It's not maybe so the in best. Dead move. cells, though. The dead cells, though. The shields have a parry. Yeah, and is actually, that, the the some of the top runners will use a shield. That parry is very strong. It increases the damage the enemies take after you parry them by like some hundreds of percentages. I see. And in this, the shield just blocks damage, but only in the direction you're facing. Oh, there's a facing and, requirement in this game. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, th- this is like a kind of top-down, three-quarters view kind of, um, yeah, sure, uh, action game. Okay. Um, yeah, because it's, it's super giant games, right? Right, yes. So and much s- like Bastion or Transistor. Well, you were a yes. big fan of Transistor, right? I think you played a bunch of that. Uh, I was a I was a big fan of Bastion. I have Transistor, I just have not played it. Oh, okay, I got it backwards. Sorry. Yeah, I actually have played both of those games, and I like Bastion much better. And this is the one that I think feels better than Bastion. And I oh, think wow. the Ooh. which is the first one of their games. I think I can say that about them. Okay, uh, because they have other ones too that we're not talking about, but uh, <laughs> just not this kind of game. Uh, I think the thing that is really impressive about this game. Is there's a whole lot of gods, you know. I mean, there's you know, Medusa is in here, and the the Irenes are in here, and you know, there's tons and tons of different gods. All the Olympian, all the Olympian gods are in there, of course, right? And I don't think I have heard a repeated line of dialogue yet, or if I have, it has been you know very like so long in between that I don't remember it. How how many how many hours do you think roughly you've played? Um, I've probably done like 30 runs or something. Wow. That's impressive. And wow. the thing that's crazy is you die to a boss, right? And in some cases, you'll, you know, respawn back in the house and the boss may be there. You can talk to them and they comment about how they just killed you. <laughs> <laughs> or you'll have met one of them during your travels or whatever. And they'll comment about, hey, it was good seeing you out there. You made it at least to this far, like you're doing well or whatever. You know, or they'll be discouraging you or like your father being, you know, Hades telling you, you know, I can't believe you got all the way to Asphodel this time, you worthless son, you know, kind of stuff. Hmm. And uh, it's really impressive. Is it is it is it one of those games where it's like they're they're all in on the joke kind of thing that even though you're doing all this, it's not really a test or does it feel to you like when you get to the end of this, it's going to have a meaningful ending? So I have, uh, in my 30 runs or whatever, I have escaped from the underworld one time. Okay. Right, because that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to escape the underworld. Sure. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have done it once. I have almost done it like three or four times after that. <laughs> Got like pretty close uh, and died to the last boss. Um, But... I, like the story doesn't end. Like I got to the, I, I, I got out, right. Sure. Some stuff happened out there and I have a reason to want to go back now. Like it, for more story information, like the, 
the okay. the plot has continued. Uh, the the various relationships you build with the various gods and and people that are around Hades, uh, you know, in the underworld as well, continue right. Like as you keep giving them, you earn like little bottles of um, like nectar or whatever that you can give them. That then you know they'll comment more, and you can you know have a talk with them about stuff. And I don't think I've met, built like the relationship heart meter or whatever completely up with a single person yet. I assume if you build up the heart meter, you get some sort of bonus. Yeah, probably. Uh, I couldn't tell you what it is, but I, I am told that there must be something. There are items I have that I don't have a use for, so it must be for something, right? Oh, okay. So yeah, you just have to find where to where to use them. Yeah, so and also it like, like, but you know, despite having these items, I have no use for. Uh, you have all you always have a way to earn more of these items down the line, and you know even beyond that, you can trade the items that you can't use in a lot of cases for other items you can't. There's a a vendor in the house that you can use to like trade one key for fifty darkness or whatever. I don't know. I'm making the the ratio up there. Okay. So is it is it like dead cells in the sense that there are multiple paths that will get you out? Uh no. Or is it more linear? So the uh, there will you will always progress through the various realms of the underworld in order, right? Okay. You're you're going to start in Tartarus and you're going to go to Asphodel and you're going to go to Elysium and then you're going to go to Styx and then you're going to get out, right? It's going to be that order every time. Mhm. But the it, it doesn't feel like it is built like a giant labyrinth that you could go five different ways at once, right? Most rooms will have one or two exits and your choice will be which reward do you want, right? It's like they show you a little symbol above the door. Do you want this one that's going to give you this currency or this other one, which is going to give you a thing that might power up this run? Those are your two options. Okay. You go into one, you get the thing, then you have the option either you go into the next room because there's only one choice, or maybe, you know, there's another choice there. And it just sort of proceeds that way until you get to one that has a um like a symbol that looks like a skull and tells you that it's the boss. Hmm. And then after the boss, you go to the next realm and then repeat, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's very cool. I'm enjoying it. Um I We'll have more to talk about maybe uh, when or if I get to the end of the story. Cool. Michael is an overachiever. Generally the case. Mm-hmm. And so I hear tell you've already finished FF12 on us. I have seen the credits. <laughs> oh, boy. So we got to wait for us to catch up, but I want you to explain something to JJ and see if it makes sense. Okay. JJ, you got to vet this idea. I mean, Michael is, is much farther along in this game than I, so I probably makes sense. Explain decoy and reverse gambits. Oh yeah, so this is uh, this is something that works really well in end game content. So um, I know decoy, right? So you've got decoy, decoy, uh, whichever character you cast it on, as long as it's active, any enemies that you are fighting that are within range to detect you will focus exclusively on that character. Mm -hmm. So your other two characters can basically do whatever. And unless an, uh, an area of effect attack is used, 
um, like they cast a, a spell that affects your entire party, you're not going to be targeted. Right. The uh, the people without decoy will not be targeted. Correct. Not directly. Okay. Um, so you can use that in combination with the reverse spell. And the reverse spell basically says, I'm going to take the effects of healing and damage, and I'm going to flip them for as long as this is active. Hmm. So now you have a character drawing all of the attacks from anything in range, and all those attacks are doing is healing them. Does it work on magic too? Yes. Any damage that you take. That seems pretty good. It is very good. I like this. <laughs> uh, so the only the only real downside to them are that they are both relatively short duration. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to, um, you have to have either high enough MP or a way to keep your MP up to keep them going for any extended length of time. What about but... those gambits that, or not gambits, sorry, licenses that have you regen MP on attack and damage? Yep. Yeah. So that's, that is the major way to keep your MP up. Are you those good licenses? Up. Yes, those are very good licenses. Some of them, hold especially. On. Well, I was going to say, especially on your healers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I would say the ones that are like regenerate MP on dealing magic damage are maybe not as useful, or regenerate all your MP when you're in critical health. It's like maybe that will help you, but more likely you're just going to be killed. Well, I mean, obviously it's a license and both of you have basically filled out most of the license board. Yeah. I, um, I think that the real takeaway is that eventually at some point you will have nothing else to buy. And so you will buy that too. But critical, yeah. critical health didn't seem as useful to me right away when I was grabbing licenses and I don't have enough to fill out the board as the one that was like damage fill out, you know? Yeah. yeah. Restoring MP on dealing damage is a really good one. Yeah. That one in particular is like amazing. Also, I think the uh, the ones that restore MP um, when you deal deal physical damage, and then there's another one. I'm trying to think, is it when you cast? There might be one when you take damage too. Yeah, I feel like there's one when you take damage, and that one's also pretty good. I'm trying to. There's another restorative one too that I think is pretty good. But it, anyway, it, at some point. If you play enough, you will eventually, especially if you do the trial mode stuff, you will eventually just have so many license points you don't know what to do with, and you just fill out everything, because who cares? Nice. Okay. So, uh, JJ vetted your idea, and... uh, I'm going to try that. It is found awesome. (laughs) Yeah, so that that combination, there are a couple of of high-end bosses where that's the, the easiest strat to deal with them. I might have to go find reverse. I don't know if I have reverse. I'm sure yeah, I don't think <laughs> I don't think you come across that one in a shop. That might be a found one. I definitely have decoy. That one's a shop one, and it's relatively yes. early. You may have decoy at this point, Andrew. Uh, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know where reverse is. I'll have to look it up. I have, uh, in my quest to play more Final Fantasy XII, I have decided I'm just going to use maps and stuff because this game is huge and ridiculous. And how am I supposed to know like 
which treasure chest or whatever it is that I didn't get has whichever spell I'm looking for here. I have made a similar but different mental choice than you. Uh, I am going to not 100% the game and only find what I can find along the way not using guides. I think if all you're looking to do here is uh, get to the end of the game, you will be totally fine with that. I think that since I want to try some of these like super bosses that Michael was doing, I need to do some of this. And there's some yes. spells I don't have that are very important. Yeah, you will definitely need those if you're tackling some of the the high difficulty optional bosses. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll give it a shot. <laughs> but okay. uh, since you got to wait for us, you started something new? Yeah, I did. So on uh, Prime Day was a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. I finally picked up a copy of Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, oh, what a good game, man. Yeah, so I had never played it. You know, I I love a good Mario game, um, and all reports of this one were highly positive, so it had been on my list for a while, and I figured, you know, this is a, a good price on a Nintendo game, which almost never go on sale. Um, not, you know, not steep sale, so I'm going to take advantage and pick it up, and it's been a lot of fun. All right, have you... Have you come to love or hate Cappy? Uh, I'm fine with Cappy. Cappy does not bother me. Okay. I think the, the eyes on Cappy look kind of weird, but yeah, he's you can button through Cappy's dialogue pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only the only thing that I want um and and this is just from years of of having played so much Super Mario I mean, 64. You're a huge Mario aficionado, as far as I'm I, concerned. I've, I've played, I think, almost all of the Sunshine might be the only major title that I haven't played. Um, but I want a, uh, I want a spin move. Wait for when you get right. I understand that in this one they they replace you spinning around with you being able to throw the cap in a circle around you. But yeah, I miss okay. I miss the ability for Mario to just spin and be able to deal damage that way. Uh yeah, yeah. You can't do that one. Uh, you can jump and then twirl while you're falling down. Can yes. some of the yeah, there's that. can some of the Cappy monsters spin? Maybe. I have not found one yet, but I'm not that far in, so it is very possible. This is a game I have not gotten to yet. You um, Okay, if you have not found a Cappy monster, you are like less than an hour into the no, game. No, 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 I'm saying no, no I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't found one that spins yet. I haven't oh, played the game okay. yet. I, okay. Uh, Andrew, you should play this game. I it's will. a great game. Yeah. Uh, it is... Fun for the whole family. Nothing <laughs> offensive about this game. Everything is great. Everyone is happy all the time, except for you who will be frustrated when you fall off a cliff for the 33rd time trying to get whatever moon. Oh, yeah, sure. So I do I do like the way that they um, there aren't lives in this game, which is kind of new for a Mario game. Instead, um, if you fall off a cliff and die, they just subtract 10 coins from your total. And and we, I think JJ had talked about Odyssey and coins. It's basically for rebuilding, right? And buying the moons. Coin, buying moons. Lots and lots yeah, of moons. You, you can buy moons with them. Um, but 
like the coins may as well be infinite man you have so many coins oh yeah I've, i have a ton of coins already the idea that you use the coins as your lives means basically you have infinite lives because like, if you ever have more less than a thousand coins like what are you doing i mean like, as a gamer, just look over there there's a hundred like you just look yeah. there's a stack of coins like piled to the ceiling as a were gamer of an age uh i'm appreciative of just like let's move on with this lives stuff you know like oh yeah just yeah. make a mode where people can have three lives and they can they can make it harder on themselves, but like make the main games, especially because Mario's for kids, kind of you know. It it contributed significantly to my liking of the game. Yeah, and I do I do like too that they they put in a, uh, you know, and it it's more for kids uh, I think. But uh, one use of the coins is if you get stuck and can't find um, more moons, you can buy hints. Hmm. For like fifty coins, cool. Which is nothing. Nice. It, there, there are so many moons in some of those levels. You can literally just turn yourself in a direction and run that way, and you will trip over a moon. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm just going to run in this direction, and before I reach the edge of the map, I have found four more, probably. Wow. And in some cases, it's like, well, I don't see a moon in this little area, but there definitely is one. Trust me. <laughs> like you just have to figure out what's the thing. Do I have to mess with this bird? Do I have to dive under the water? Where is it? Like, there's got to be one here. It, there probably is one there. But it's it's a cool game. I'm very excited for you two to play that game. It is yeah. so much fun. So I'm I've found like a hundred moons already, uh, and I think I'm only in like the second or third world. Wow. I'm I'm in the uh, desert. Also, Michael, there are moons you cannot get until you do the thing in yes, that level. Yes, and, and I do know I do know about that. Okay. It, that drove me crazy the first time I played it. I was like, I know there's a moon here. I can tell. Like, I see the thing. Yeah. It wouldn't How let do me do it? the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then even more, from what I understand, there are even more later after you do another thing. Yes, there are. Yeah. yeah and there are some you can't get until you've basically beaten the game and you have to come back. Yep. Um, I believe it is possible to get nine 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 moons in that game. Is it nine 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 eight 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 in this one? I believe it. You can get to nine nine nine. Oh, okay. That may just mean you use coins to buy them, but I'm pretty sure, sure you yeah. can get to nine nine nine. You have ruined Michael's life. <laughs> and, I mean, I've been playing since I fired it up Saturday and have over a hundred moons. So Not bad. The moons flow like water. <laughs> they are everywhere. <laughs> Not bad. Speaking of families, last Friday was all about families on The Mandalorian. Mm. Yeah. Welcome to Carbon Score. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it on Carbon Scoring the first week it aired because that first episode of the Mandalorian season two was a real treat. And I don't think any of us wanted to not talk about it, but I think everyone here also wants to talk about it. Now that we're two weeks in, especially cause JJ is creeped out by little babies eating row. I, what, why is okay, okay, Yoda wait, well, eating the eggs? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> only the, only the finest caviar for the oh, child. Man. JJ. 
spoilers for Look, Mandalorian. Y'all one can and call two. him. Y'all can call him the child. He's baby Yoda forever. Yeah. Okay. He's and baby murderer. Why? Now. That's exactly why is he murdering? What's up with this? Am I supposed to be sympathetic to this little kid? Ha ha, it's so cute. He's murdering the last of a species. <laughs> no, just the last of her line. Of, their, of their line. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, so the murder is justified then. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, not no. Like, it's not it's not like a full genocide of a species. It's just like He would have though if they let him. I mean, sure. He seems very hangry all the time. I mean, he's growing little baby Yoda. I get it, but yeah. also, like, man, I didn't. Un- okay, so I, I want to say my piece about the first episode first because we only talked about it for like two minutes at the end of the last season. Yeah, we. I mean, we had a tough time fitting everything in, and it was all. It's it, all good. The I personally enjoyed Raylan Givens. The outlaw, <laughs> most icely sheriff of Tatooine, showing up in my Star Wars. I I think that Michael and I offline discussed that the only person who could have ever pulled off the amount of dweebiness that was mm-hmm. the character of Cobb Vanth. I didn't uh, even know his name. I never caught it. Timothy <laughs> Oliphant was the only person that was going to ever make it through that and And it really and like to be fair i guess like you know justified was the last thing i watched that timothy oliphant was in but like wow was he just doing that character but star wars he it's just like i'm the small town sheriff and i have to protect my people and i'm out here you know trying to save them from this dragon and and whatever but also like I'm kind of goofy and like, uh, I don't trust these Tuscan Raiders. Like, man, just really great. I, that whole episode was so good. I think a lot of it you could say maybe was on the nose about what they were trying to talk about, but I think it was on the nose in the best way. Uh, it wasn't like hokey in the bad sense. It was funny. Like, especially when the Tuscan Raider gets eaten and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. yep. you know that type of stuff it was in there and it's great and that's the same humor Taika kind of injected into that show last season Um, and I think we'll probably continue to do this coming season Uh, yeah I don't think that was his episode per se but I think that that has become second nature to a lot of the directors on the show uh it was cool to see. There was like little references in there. They had the crate dragon pearl from the games. Yeah. Um, there was cool stuff that I had never pictured really before, like how a crate dragon moves, and I or just like that he was riding Anakin's pod racer. Yeah. So I've had a heated discussion now with the the carbon scoring boys. Maybe you guys should weigh in here. Was it Anakin's pod racer or just a pod racer engine? I would guess that it was just a pod racer engine, but they clearly wanted you to think that it was that one, though. At at the very least, it's the same model. Hold on. It can't be the same model. He hand built his racer. Oh, that's true. And uh, if you think a five, if you think a five-year-old can hand build a race car, let me go ahead and show you 
uh, but JJ, he was this Anakin bridge. Skywalker. Conceived, it's a bridge, though. It's a nice bridge, Andrew. Conceived of midichlorians. It's a really hand nice bridge. Hand-built, though, doesn't mean that he, like... It's a crate engine. ...pieces himself, right? Yeah, it's, it's a crate, crate pod. Head, but the engine itself might have been cobbled from something. Hmm. He bought the crate pod and tried to swap the engine into his Corvette, right? Hmm. So he could get, you know, it's the same thing. Hmm. Oh, here we go. Radon Olzer engines. Okay. Who knows? Okay. I am saying that it, if it was not, it, they wanted you, the viewer, to think that it was the one, whether it is or not actually, who cares? All right. I still vote that it's Anakin's, but I'm in the, sure. I'm the vocal minority here. Again, I, if it is also great. Yeah. Episode one was awesome. There was, do you, okay. So now we've done two, episode two is a kind of a cliffhanger. Uh, oh, we didn't talk about episode one. Uh, uh, spoilers, Boba Fett. At the end, real Boba Fett. Yes. At the end. Oh, is, are you saying that that's the armor? No, the man at the end of the first episode that is hanging out on the cliff. Oh, I see. Yeah. Are are you happy to have seen Boba Fett? Is it confirmed that that's who that is? It's heavily implied that that's who it is. I mean, I think, so I think that was Andy's question. Uh, yeah, how do you, how is it implied? Okay, like, so that I didn't immediately come away thinking, oh, Boba Fett. Oh, okay. So the actor is Tamura Morrison. Tamura Morrison is Django Fett. Okay, and. And Boba and all of the clones are his clone. Right, right. So right. he's either Boba Fett or a clone. Because they went and got Tamura Morrison. Okay. I mean, where did that Mandalorian armor come from? That was never resolved. Mm-hmm. So I could believe it, I guess. I don't know. Weird, but sure, I guess. Weird, like you're kind of like sketched out about it like if it is him you're kind of not excited or i'm just curious I, what you guys feel like because everybody else when i talked to them was like oh it's boba fett but they're way more into it and see like not knowing who the actor is you were kind of left to be like oh there was a person on a hill i just thought it was like oh this is some plot thing for later in the season right just like uh, last season when ming na disappears right right yeah, if you if you recognize him and you know and place him as potentially Boba Fett, that's exciting. But if not, then mysterious guy on a hill, foreshadowing. Yeah, right. So I mean, that's where I ended up with it. Okay. Uh, now in possession of this new information, um, Boba Fett should be dead. So I think it's kind of silly. <laughs> okay. I'm still hoping it's something foreshadowing cool later in the season, though. I'm sure it is. I mean, I get the feeling. I don't know if you guys get the same feeling. But they're going to do the same thing as season one, right? Where he builds a crew. I mean, it's, you know, is the lizard lady going to be in the crew? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) No, but maybe once they get to the planet next episode, we'll find out more about him. 
Did you uh, like the second episode as much as the first? Anybody? No? Yes? I think I liked the first episode better, but the second one was still enjoyable. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I fall on it. Uh, the first was certainly better, and the second one was still fun, but not as good. I was definitely happy and sad that they landed on that ice planet in the second episode and that the Razor Crest is all jacked up already. Yeah, so I was going to say, you, you got <laughs> your prediction there that the, the ship gets jacked up. Well, so I'm glad that it's already happened because my prediction was that that was going to be one of the like penultimate moments of the season is the Razor Crest gets super jacked up and it's kind of the end of the Razor Crest towards the end and then we get uh, slave one's return mm. uh, or something along those lines maybe slave two if they really want to get deep into the old canon or legends or whatever they call it now yeah i was gonna say how how deep into that stuff do they want to pull right right yeah well, i bet you they'll pull pretty deep i mean they'll they just make up deep. a new ship for him right like yeah that's true more more new toys to sell yeah oh good point i don't think they've ever had a toy of slave two if you know the answer to that please email uh, I'm glad it happened now was where I was going with that because the ice planet in my head was going to be Ilum, which is where uh, Jedi get all their crystals and stuff, right? And mm. uh, the Razor Crest was going to crash. There was going to be huge episodes towards the end and I was going to be really disappointed that they had showed us that much. And now it's just like, I think the trailer now for this season of Mandalorian has now shown everything that was in the trailer because of the first two episodes, which is great, right? I can think of at least one scene that we haven't seen yet. Okay. I can think of zero because I don't remember the trailer at all. Okay. Well, apparently the spiders uh, were uh, supposed to be on Hoth originally. So that's kind of cool. They brought those back. See, that's, they do those deep pulls. It would have been, Oh, we're supposed to be, yeah, so not. they were an original concept oh, for okay. monsters oh, okay. on Hoth, and then they were replaced by the Wampa. Ah, hmm. uh, okay. Easier to fit a guy in a costume as the Wampa than the the spiders, I guess. Yeah. So I thought it was a cool thing to pull and be like, huh, eh, spiders. It was cool. Yeah. I did like the uh the getting pulled over moment by the X-Wings. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I think can my favorite part... Channel 2 for yep, a <laughs> right there. That was my favorite part. He's like, hey, uh, can you switch to Channel 2 with me for a second? And they're all just sitting and there quiet. Know, and then, like, did you see the X-Wings transform? Little, yeah, <laughs> the s foils. You're like, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> Were you in the vein or in the uh, vicinity of that prison ship? Why would you ask that question? Obviously, he would say either no or run, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and yeah. some some serious Han Solo vibes in the. I don't think that's functioning right now. Can you send us a ping? I don't have that hardware over here. Let me. Uh, he starts fumbling. The uh, <laughs> quiet. What'd you I, say? <laughs> I want to point out how wonderful it is that every person in the Star Wars universe is an unbelievable engineer, scientist, and mechanic who can repair complicated spaceships really with seemingly no time. Uh, it's very impressive. They know when things are airtight. They know how to like reseal completely destroyed ships 
repair engines. It's really, really impressive that everyone yeah, in Star Wars that, knows how to do this. He got that cockpit glass repaired real quick. Oh. Uh, by himself. Uh, very, very impressive. Yeah. That was very strange, right? I thought it hit the glass, too. Uh, uh, it certainly it did. did. You saw the leg go through the glass. Twice. Okay. Okay, maybe he had extra glass or something. I don't know. Man, I want to know where he's storing the like extra, extra glass, glass pieces that they didn't get shattered with the rest of the ship got destroyed. <laughs> you know, I heard someone say it's like driving a, a car, right? Like maybe before electric vehicles and hybrid vehicles and all that. A lot of people would have been able to at least guess about how to get their car back on the road in an emergency. If, if I am really possible. just funning around here because yeah. like, but I am, you know, it, Oh, I absolutely the, agree with you. Like it is, it amazing. is the, it, it is the space Western motif means that p- this needs to be possible. I mean, even, so even whatever. more so, I just like, even more yeah. so eye rolling in the cartoons, right? Where everybody can fix the ship all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At least in the in this and maybe the Han Solo way, you'd think these people live on their ships. They better know how to fix them. Yeah, you know, I'm less surprised when like someone from Tatooine or whatever is good at repairing stuff because like, how many new ships do you think come into Tatooine? They're working on stuff all the time <laughs> there. Uh, versus you know one Mandalorian on an ice planet gets about two hours or whatever and completely repairs the ship. I love the uh, the X-Wing pilots just leaving him there. <laughs> the, yeah. Also enjoyed that. Yeah. That's uh, one of those is the director, Dave Filoni, the guy that's kind of like uh, the new, new canon guru. He kind of keeps it all in his head. Oh, cool. Yeah. I did not know that. That's cool. Yeah. They gave him that role as an X-Wing pilot last season as a joke and then... I guess if they ever need X-Wing pilots, he's going to have to do it from now on. <laughs> Pretty funny. I uh, I like where they're headed. I'm wondering why this one was a two-parter. Very strange. Uh, I, I assume that it's a two-parter because they need him to end up on another planet and get stuck there for a bit. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so yes. he will dump this, this lizard person uh, here at a planet and then be like, well... We got a month in this place or whatever. What are we going to do while they repair my ship? Because I'm looking for these Mandalorians. Like, is this... Here's my question. Is this entire season going to be the Mandalorians are the MacGuffin and we're just, like, wandering around the galaxy? It is odd, right? Because, like, the armorer told him to go, but then she didn't tell him where to find them and then his immediate question is like oh is that where the remnants of the group on the planet that i was just on went you're like well why didn't you ask the armorer yeah it feels like the armorer would have known some people you know like where all the mandalorians that were there were going yeah it's very odd i i keep asking the guys on carbon scoring to help me sort through the canon of mandalorians and it seems like we're not alone in being confused of like why and they're doing things the way they're doing them because they don't line up with the clone wars Mandalorians and you know, all the old legend stuff is out the window. So, you know, and it's hard to explain. And I guess the clone wars stuff is 
quite a few years past at this point, right? Like the Clone Wars were before the Empire, right? Clone Wars are, yeah, they're pre, they're in the middle of the prequels, so. And this is all after Return of the Jedi. Correct. So, or I guess unclear how far it is into the prequel movies, but, you know, it could be some, or it could be during or after, unclear. What do you mean? Sorry, the sequel movies, like, is this, you know. This is before the sequel movies, for sure. Yeah. Okay, is there something that tells you that specifically? Yes, the timeline at the beginning of the first one, I think. They talk about the second Death Star exploding, right? Yeah, they do. Um, that it had just happened, basically. Like, Yes, this is just a couple of years on, I think. Right. Okay. And you've got... So, you know, you're somewhere in the midst of that first sequel movie then, or pre the start of that movie. Uh, pre, because that... Pre, because... There's a 30-year gap That's like a huge two? gap. You'd have to have a... You'd have to have a Ben Solo growing up, who probably hasn't... Oh, even right. Yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, it's, I it's forget like about that. 30 years between six and seven. Okay. So, anywho, I mean, the, the Empire lasted for a good long time, though, right? We're assuming. Uh-huh. So... There's, you know, there's time there for the legends of the Mandalorians or whatever to have grown and changed or whatever. But I mean, I agree with you. I don't really understand what's up with them and they aren't really forthcoming with any information about them. It's it's almost like they're stalling for time. I'm sure they have a plan already. Um, It doesn't seem like they would just leave this to figure out at the last second. I think it feels to me like this is one of those situations where he's trying to do the finding and winds up getting found. Sure. Right. Like someone finds him while he's trying to find them. That's possible. And that that pushes the plot forward. I would believe it. Yeah. I think that I get the feeling that we're headed for just as good a season as last time, in my opinion. I mean, that first one's a real high bar. So if their episodes are around even that vicinity, yeah. it's going to be a good one. Okay. Do we know how many episodes there are this season? Is it like eight or ten again? It's eight again. Okay. I believe it. I don't, I don't know. All right. Yeah, look, I hope it is. It's they. I very much enjoyed last season. I have thus far enjoyed this season. I was hoping that the episodes were going to be a little longer like they were at the, like the first one was, but I don't think that is to be. That's yeah. okay with me. I wonder. Yeah. Is that first one was almost an hour, right? Yeah. 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 And this one was, was closer to 40 minutes, but I'm glad that it was a two parter when it was 40 minutes. Right. Because in the last season, this one would have been a one parter and he would have gotten her to the planet and then they would have ended it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, instead we got to take a break right beforehand, basically. Obviously, that's where they'll start the next episode. But if it, each one has felt a little less rushed than last season did, which is good, I think. Yeah, I, I think it is nice that they are not like scurrying to try to find something in particular thus far. It's kind of like he's wandering around the galaxy, which is the part that I liked about last season. So. All right. It, uh, it it made me particularly happy. Just one last quick thing oh, that they uh, they threw in a "May the Force be with you" and also with you. Oh yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. That was good. 
I like that. Oh man, there weren't as many straight up references like the first. I don't know if you caught all of them in the first episode, but like there were a lot of of direct and indirect references to the movies. You know, like yeah. like R four the droid there at the beginning, um, in episode one where he lands. Uh, that droid is the one that blew its motivator, and so they. Oh, and Uncle Owen buys R2-D2. Hmm. Stuff like that is riddling the first episode. You know, Anakin Scott, we talked about his pod racer and all that. Uh, but the second one, I didn't see nearly as much. But the Force Be With You thing I, was really funny. I think the they had the opportunity to do so many of those references because the first one took place on Tatooine. Right. I believe it. I don't, unless he goes to Endor here. Oh. I don't know how they're going to be able to do so <laughs> many my references up. this time. <laughs> I'm just saying it would be really hard, right? Like, you know, if he crash lands on Hoth and, and then goes to Endor, then I could believe they're going to do the references. Again, it would be it really cool. feels like it'd be hard. It would be really cool to see some of the sets from the sequel series popping up in The Mandalorian just to t- kind of tie the universe together. I don't know what possible reason he would have to go to Endor. But uh, And then Endor won't look like Endor does because the second Death Star just crashed there like five years ago or whatever, right? right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <sighs> well, I think for the end of this pod, we should talk for a minute about what happened to our YouTube over the weekend. Yes. You post a hundred videos to YouTube and then you get a heck of a lot of spam porn links in your comments. I believe it. (laughs) Unfortunate reality. Google did an okay job of filtering some of them, but I had to go through and grab a good 20 or 30 out of the, out of the comments and report them. That was fun. I thought I was done up with all the work after doing all the work. We added to our YouTube page, basically, I think there might be one missing that I can't find the recording for. I'm working on it. Uh, All of our old podcasts that are available in our feed still, I believe, uh, on Mm -hmm. podcasting apps. Added those all to YouTube and into playlists and things like that for a lot of the people that may may listen on youtube and if you uh listen to it here and you're like oh youtube would be easier well go subscribe over there because now you can go listen to old episodes a couple people have all have already emailed in the past and said they like component class well now you can go listen to all the component class i still have to put some stuff in order over there i think it probably went up out of order so i'll have to move things around but don't worry that'll happen uh i got a good kick out of it you guys because i had to move over all the art and the episode descriptions and stuff like that it was a pretty fun trip down memory lane do you want to hear some stuff we used to do on this show (laughs) sure sure yeah uh let's i'm just gonna go in no particular order we talked about loot boxes at least 10 times and i guarantee you loot boxes are in a same state but worse than when we talked about it hypothetically back then would not surprise me sounds about right yep uh 
JJ for about a year and a half there before Michael came to save us. We basically talked about pot, hearths, Hearthstone every podcast. Yeah, still sounds about right. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, we should take a pause. We didn't talk about Hearthstone. We should talk about Hearthstone next week. Yeah, okay. Because the update is hitting next week or this week? It, I think it hits later this week, and so there will be stuff to talk about next week. Okay. Maybe. There's a major if, if you play it. amount of work they're putting into Hearthstone, Michael. Like, a lot. Oh, nice. They're, they're changing the progression system, adding achievements, doing a whole bunch of stuff. It's, they're overhauling they're, a lot of it. They've already overhauled. overhauled a lot of it this past yep. month as well. Um. So I apologize to everyone that listened during that era. Sorry you didn't get anything other than Hearthstone. JJ, uh, I don't know if you ever read the pod descriptions back when we first started, but uh, a lot of times I would lose an argument to you. Mm-hmm. And then in the podcast descriptions, I would just make really subtle digs that you were wrong still. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I-, I read them, but I don't care because I knew I won in <laughs> But the high road in but, the discussion. But the best thing that came out of that was the hashtag we have forgotten to use. Uh, hashtag JJ always wrong. Mm. We used to use that as a hashtag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. We used to have something called remake reviews. We've forgotten to do, which was like when you went to see Magnificent Seven or something like that. We would compare the old and the new one. Spoiler, the old one's better. Yeah, and we I, maybe we stopped doing it because that was always the answer. <laughs> yeah. We used to have a segment called Things We Thought Were Good But Aren't Good. Like Space Jam was on that segment. Fair, I think. That movie does not hold up. Uh, Let's see. Michael, you joined us in episode 90. Okay. Just as a fun moment. When I finally crossed that, I was like, oh, wait, look at that. Michael's Michael's joined us. And in episode 110, June of 2018 was when we started playing Portal, which we still haven't finished. <laughs> nice. Portal. Portal, Portal 1 or Portal 2? Portal 2. Portal 2. Uh, the co-op on that. So maybe we should knock that out at the end of the year. That sounds good. We, yeah. we can make that happen. Yeah. There were a lot of other fun little tidbits and listening to us a tiny bit. I didn't have time to listen to all of it. Uh, we're better podcasters than we used to be, even though we're not good podcasters. <laughs> Forward progress. Woo! <laughs> that was a fun trip down memory lane. Anyway, go over to YouTube, subscribe. That's my piece. And uh, if you want to tell us about any of those old episodes or this episode as well, you can email us. Uh, that's podcast at weweregamers.com. Please uh, send it in, and when we get a good amount of emails, we'll uh, check them out and talk about them. Batch them up. We do read them all, so yeah. yeah. unless you're like a, a spammer or whatever. We yeah, those ones. there have been some, and they get trashed, so don't spam me. I don't like it. Set the spam guy was just about to click send. I know. Like, he was just oh, there. He, he told like, me not oh, to. Yeah. Oh, okay. Should I oh, not right. spam them now? Mm. No, I said yeah, that's how that works, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I w- I'm trying to figure out if we can add a recapture to the submission form because that's how one of us got whacked. 
Mm-hmm. I think I think you could probably just take the email form off the website. People know how to send emails. You're probably right. You're probably right. The website needs an update. That's my next project anyway. So there you go. We're on. Uh, did we already say we're on everything? We are on everything, though. Oh, uh, if you want to subscribe to us. Yeah, please do it. We're on every social media you know about. And probably not on a bunch you do know about, but we don't know about because we used to be gamers and therefore are old. So we don't know what TikTok is. I know what TikTok is when people post their TikToks to Instagram. Which is like the boomer social media now. So that's <laughs> how you know. Man. I like that. You, we're on every social media we know about. We're on every social coolest media people we, we know. care about. We are the coolest people we know. This should be good. Honest trailers finally did the Mandalorian. Oh man! Okay, I'll send. Should I'll we, send the link. Send me the link. Me. We'll watch it together. Uh, yeah. I'll just drop it into the into the chat. That way, Ken and Kit and JJ will all see it too. Oh sure. Okay, I'm pulling it up now. Count it down, and, and we'll go on go. All right. Three, two. One, go. After Star Wars was ruined forever thanks to the monsters at Disney, Star Wars will be unruined by an all-new streaming series made by the monsters at Disney. (laughs) Everything will change when this lone, not-a-Gungan gunman... Maybe he's a Gungan. ...meets the most adorable MacGuffin of all time, the child... Okay, you know what? We're not doing that. He's a baby Yoda. We're calling him Baby Yoda. This is literally JJ's quote. He's a magic puppet who can kill you with cuteness. (laughs) And if that doesn't work, he can always just kill you. (laughs) The metal music. No, no, stop. (laughs) But one thing is for certain. This is the way. 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 The Outer Rim Job. Oh, Wow. Pretty good. Pretty good. The SNL thing got me. Oh, yeah.